you're new with us today, your first time here, we're in a series called The Game of Life. And here's the deal, here's the deal. Here's what we're doing. We are looking at four critical, crucial areas of your life. And we looked at spiritual life, we looked at relational life, and today we're looking at physical life. Next week is work life. You don't want to miss work life. Hear me. You spend hours and hours a week working. You spend years of your lifetime working. How do you do it successfully? How do you get a raise, promotion? How do you get along with people? How do you succeed in the workplace? See, our goal throughout this series is to take critical areas of your life and to help you win. And to help you win big time. I want 2010 to be a win for you in these critical areas of your life. And so today what I want us to look at is your physical life. Now there are some Christ followers that try to separate the physical life from the spiritual life. They say the physical and the spiritual don't have anything to do with each other. Maybe you've heard people say things like, well, my, my physical life, the, the way I treat my body has nothing to do with following God. How I treat my body has nothing to do with honoring God. And that kind of thinking couldn't be further from the truth. Hear me today. God cares about your whole life. God cares about your entire life, including what you do with your body. The scripture says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, there are times you'll hear folks say, well, I ain't giving God my heart. God has my mind. No, 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 that's not what God wants. God wants everything. God says, I want your body. I want you to offer everything. I want you not just give me your mind, your heart, and your soul. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Now, notice this. When you give God everything, you give him your entire body, he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. You see, friends, everything we do should be an act of worship. How we treat people, how we get along with our friends and family members, how we act at work, how we interact with people at the grocery store, at the ball game, how we eat, what we eat. Everything we do should be a spiritual act of worship. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Not, not just your mind, God, not, not just giving you my heart, not just giving you my soul, but my, my entire body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, Honor God with your body, not just your mind and your heart, but honor God with your entire body. You see, God cares about our bodies. As followers of Christ, our bodies don't belong to us anymore. Free friends, can I tell you that our bodies now belong to God. And Paul says it so eloquently. He says, listen, gang, you were bought at a price. You were bought with the price. And friends, can I tell you, Jesus paid the ultimate price for our bodies. He didn't pay with money. He didn't pay with stocks. He didn't pay with dividends. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice. He shed his blood. He gave his life for our bodies. And we no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to God. 
And because we belong to God and, and, our, and our bodies belong to him, we need to take serious honoring God with our bodies. We need to take that very serious. Now, now please hear me today. Notice I didn't say you need to worship your body. There's way too much of that going on in our culture. I'm, I'm not talking about worshiping your, your, your body. There, uh, what I'm talking about is you need to realize that the Bible has a great deal to say about your body, not just your heart, but your body. And because your body belongs to the Lord, it's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Because you want your entire life to be a spiritual act of worship that you need to take serious what you do with your body. So what I want to do today is give you four physical disciplines that honor God. Number one is this. Develop a godly self-image. Develop a godly self-image. Self-image is all jacked up because of what our culture says. And what our culture says isn't even real. Can I tell you, the television you see and the programs and the images you see in the magazines, a lot of them are fake and they're unrealistic images. And and hear me, when you take your self-image cues from culture, you'll be jacked up. You'll be whacked up. You'll be messed up because what you're looking at is not even real. It's not. It's not. It's it's fake. And hear me. You've got to quit it. You've got to stop taking your self-image cues from culture and start taking them from Christ. Parents, be careful with your teenagers. Be sure that you're helping your teenagers get a a godly self-image and not a cultural self-image. That's why so many people struggle with eating disorders and uh, and being bulimic and anorexic and and have all these disorders because they're taking their self-image cues from culture instead of Christ. And and I want you to listen to what God says about your self-image. He says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Can I tell you, you are created in the image of God. I want you to know that you, yes, who you are today, you have been created and put together and knitted together. You are created in the image of God Almighty, and God is perfect. And you've been created in his likeness, in his image. You need to take your self-image cues from the word of God, from Christ, not from culture. I want you to hear what Psalms chapter 139 and verse 14 says. It says, I praise you. This is David talking. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you need to say that today. You got bad self-esteem. You didn't say, no, no, no. I praise you today, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, somebody just shout it with me. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Come on, you need to believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were created in the image of God. He goes on to say, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you ought to take a praise, break it, just, Lord, I thank you. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, I'm fine by God's design. I can't get no help in here. I'm fine. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm fine. I got it going on. I got it going on. I'm the bomb.com. You're created in the image of God Almighty. Don't you dare let the cover of Cosmo tell you what's beautiful. Hear me today. Take your eyes off the world. You need to realize that God gave you your bone structure. God gave you your muscles. God gave you your body. And you take care of what God has given you and realize that you're beautiful. Realize that you're handsome. Realize that you're pretty. Realize that you were created in the image of God Almighty. And don't you dare another day take your self-image cues from culture. You take them from Christ. Listen, today, this message is not about vanity. It's about being healthy. We're not talking about being vanity and being vain and worshiping yourself. That's not what we're talking about, realizing that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. And God cares about our bodies. And we want to honor God. We want to be healthy followers of Christ in the arena of our physical life. And we want to honor God with our bodies, a spiritual act of worship. The first thing, develop a godly self-image. Number two is this, consider what I eat every day. Now, now, I'm not talking about going on a diet, and, and that might be good or, or healthy for you. But, but what I'm talking about is honoring God by thinking about what and how much you put into your body every day. I, I'm talking about being disciplined and maintaining healthy eating habits. Now, I, I'm going to say something that's going to bother some of you right now. This may require a lifestyle change. It may. And it has for me, it has for me, I'm going to talk to you more about this. It may require a lifestyle change. Let's look at the Word of God together. God's Word says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12 through 13, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave. Everybody say slave. Notice what God's Word says. I must not become a slave To anything, you say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. Did you catch that? Our bodies were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. God cares about our bodies. Now now notice what Paul says. Paul says, don't be a slave to anything. And you and I, we should not be a slave to food. Now, hear me. It's okay to eat a donut. It's okay to have a piece of cake. But but overeating or eating for the wrong reasons is not good for you. And it's easy. Let's be honest. It's easy in our culture to be a slave to food. How many know when we go to the restaurant, they give us more. How many, I get mad you don't give me a lot of food. How many know? I'm, that's all. Slave, a slave, slave to food. I, I honestly, I like food. 
I love food. I like to eat. I'm just being honest. I struggle. I struggle with being a slave to food. Matter of fact, when I think about having fun and entertainment, it's got to revolve around food. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on over for the ball game. What what you going to be feeding me? What what we going to be eating? I'm a slave. I struggle with being a, a slave to food. And in 2009... I, I had a goal. I wanted to shed a few pounds, and I had a weight goal that I wanted to get down to in 2009, and um, I, I didn't make it. Um, <laughs> didn't make it. Uh, I'm a, I'm a slave. I, I was a slave to food, and um, here's what I did. I Monday through Thursday afternoon, most of the time, I would eat fairly good, pretty healthy, and then Thursday after, afternoon, Thursday evening, all the way through Sunday. I would eat horrible. Now, how many of you know, that's, with that routine, that's eating as many days bad as good. And that, that didn't work out for me. And um, I, this summer, this past summer, I, during vacation time, I, I ate a bunch. and I, used, I didn't eat bad Thursday through Sunday. I ate bad Monday through Sunday. I mean, every day I, I ate bad. And I, I'll never do this again. I scheduled my annual physical after vacation. I went to the doctor for my annual physical, and we've kind of built a good relationship, me and my doctor, and checked me all out, my blood and all. And then he sent, you know, they sent back the blood report. And so he sent it back to me. He wrote me a, a little personal note. He says, you need to eat better. And because my bad cholesterol was a little high. It wasn't out of whack, but it was a little high, and that was surprising to me and to him. Because you would think, okay, Herbert, you have pretty good, pretty good cholesterol. But I was eating so unhealthy. And guess what happened? When I got that in the mail... I still ate what I wanted to eat. I didn't change. Because, you know, you know I, I, how we do it. You know, if you're like me, you know, I, I uh, look, Krispy Kreme, you got it. You got it. I believe everything's going to be all right. Amen. And, um, you know, I'm a Christian. And I love God. I'm a pastor. And so before my meal, you know, I always pray. How many like me, you pray, you know, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. Krispy Kreme, McDonald's hamburger, French fries, sweet tea, and soda pop. Bless it to the nourishment of my body. And I prayed that, but it didn't work because my back cholesterol was still high. Even though I prayed that. Because that's like going to work every day and being hateful and mean and nasty and telling people off and then praying, Lord, would you bless my job at work today? Now, that's like having an affair on your spouse and cheating on your spouse and then saying, Lord, would you bless my marriage? It's not going to work. And yet we eat food like this all day, every day. We eat, eat grease and junk and fried. And, and there's nothing wrong to here and there, but we do this on a daily basis. And we pray, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of my body. Listen, you need to change that prayer. Listen, if you're going to eat like this, here's, here's, here. let me tell you how to pray. You say, Lord, thank you for the food. Amen. That's it. Because the Lord is not going to bless this to the nourishment of your body. <laughs> And in 2010, I have made an effort. I'm changing my eating habits. 
And so my, my, my wife and I together have, have changed our eating habits. She's helping me with, with my eating habits. And so I'm eating healthier. Matter of fact, I have an accountability group with my small group. And that we, we made a commitment that five days a week we're going to eat healthy and we're going to have two cheat days. And so I have some men holding me accountable. And here's the deal I ask you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What are your eating habits? Are there some changes you need to make? Oh, Herbert, it's my, it's my own body. I'm not affecting anybody. No, your body belongs to the Lord. And matter of fact, if your body deteriorates because you don't take care of it, it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect friends. It's going to put burden on other people. And we need to be careful that we take care of God's temple, that we do our best with what God has given us. And I just ask you, are there some areas in your eating life that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you about that you need to change so that you can be healthy and honor God with your physical body? Point number three. There's a, a third thing that I want us to look at, a third physical discipline that honors God. Number three, exercise regularly. Exercise regularly. Did you realize that 62% of adults don't engage in any vigorous activity? That, that, that means most of us here, we never get the old heart pumping. We never get this, this body and the heart pumping. And, and friends, God designed our bodies to be active. We, we, we feel better. We're, we're healthier when we exercise. This may be interesting to, to, to a lot of you. And can I tell you, I still got Krispy Kreme residue on my hands. Boy, I don't it was good. Amen. It was good. You may not realize this, that exercise lowers stress. Did you realize that? When you exercise regularly, it helps you sleep better. Exercise prevents diseases. It gets rid of harmful chemicals from your body. When you exercise on a regular basis, it reduces the risk of psychological and physical illnesses. Psychological and physical illnesses are reduced when you exercise regularly. You want to know why some of you are crazy? I'm just playing. (laughs) You You don't exercise. And you're out of your mind. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Seriously, here's what I do. Here's what you do. We're really good at making excuses on why we can't exercise. And and I want you to listen to this excuse. As I was looking at the Word of God, this excuse is one of the best I've ever heard. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 13. It says the sluggard, or that would be the lazy person, or the slothful person says, there is a lion outside. In other words, I can't go outside. A lion might eat me. I will be murdered in the streets. I can't go outside. Somebody might kill me. And that, that's excuses that, that the sluggard, the Bible says, make. And, and, I, and I ask you, what, what, what excuses do, do you make? You know, maybe, maybe for you as pastor, you know, I can't, I can't exercise regularly because if I go outside, a bear might eat me. Last time I checked... Nobody's been eaten by a bear in Oklahoma City metro area. You, you ought to be all right. But, but we're all good at excuses. I'm good. You're good at excuses. What, what excuses have you been making? The, the Nelson Company has done some research, and they say that the average American watches four hours of television every single day. 
and I have to admit that I do enjoy watching television. And the average person spends four hours a day in front of the TV. That is two months of watching television, a solid two months in one year. And you know how we watch television, don't you? We sit there and usually we got to have a bag of potato chips, some microwave popcorn with extra butter, a soda drink. And I said, I got two or three remotes. I sit there and I'm going to make sure I don't have to get up. Do you know what I'm saying? That's how, that, that's how we operate our lives. Did you realize the average American in a 65-year lifespan will spend two solid years of doing this? Two solid years in front of the television, never getting the old heart pumping. Now, now this message is not a, about television or preaching against television. What I wanted to bring to your attention is that you and I make time to do what we want to do. And most of us spend hours every day in front of the television, and then we say, I'm too busy to take care of my body. And we make excuses. And here's the deal. In 2010, would you get rid of excuses, and would you do some kind of exercise routine? I mean, you, you let the Lord speak to you. You, you, you. you come up with your own plan, but would you get, maybe it's going on a walk three or four days a week. Maybe it's going on a jog. Maybe you and some girlfriends or you and the fellas get together and, and you go and you play some hoops or, or you, 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 you go and do some kind of exercise that's get your heart going and whatever it might be. You, you, you come up, maybe it's joining the gym and you get a gym membership and, and don't pay money and don't go, but you got to go. Amen. But go and go to the gym and, and exercise. Maybe you save up and buy yourself a treadmill and do some working out, but you make an investment in, in your health. In 2010, you tell yourself things are going to be different. I'm going to exercise my body. It's not about vanity, but this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God designed my body to be active. And if I'm going to function at a high caliber level, I need to exercise my body. Would you pray about that? Would you think about that today? What changes do you need to make in the arena of exercise that you need to implement in 2010 so that you can win and win big time in your physical life? We're going to practice today. I want us to practice because I believe this. I believe we can't be hearers of the word of God. We must be doers of the word. The book of James says so. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody's going to get up right now. We're going to do 10 jumping jacks together. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Huh? I ain't ever coming back to this church no more. Ten. Two. I mean, ten. I can't do ten. You pray about it. You, You pray about it. And you get an exercise routine that you can be healthy, that your entire body can be a spiritual act of worship. I close with point number four. There's a, a fourth physical discipline that honors God. Number four is rest your body. Rest your body. One of the biggest causes for deteriorating health is that we overwork our bodies. We don't rest like we should. We don't sleep like we should. We don't stop and pause long enough to smell the roses and to let our bodies recover and rejuvenate. Friends, can I tell you that resting is spiritual. Resting is scriptural. And we need to be people that honor God's word by resting our bodies. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 27. This principle that I'm going to share with you, you find it in the Old and New Testament. It's all throughout Scripture. Jesus said, then he said to them, the Sabbath 
was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And maybe you're hearing, you don't know what the Sabbath is. One day a week, we're supposed to rest our bodies. We're not supposed to work. We're supposed to rest and, and worship. And so this every seven days, we should rest one of them. And he says, listen, look, listen to what Jesus said. The Sabbath was made for man. Man needs a Sabbath day. We need a, a, a day of rest. We need, need a day of unwinding. For, for many of you, it's, it's a Sunday where you rest and, and you worship the Lord. But every one of us need to rest our bodies. Let me give you some practical advice. Practical advice. The first practical advice is this. Every day, we need seven to nine hours of sleep. That's what the medical field says. For you to be healthy and function at a high level, you need seven to nine hours of sleep every day. And some of you, you only get three hours of sleep, and you wonder why you're grouchy and you're irritable and you're mean. look like you're full of the devil. Amen. Because you're not resting, and nobody wants to live with you, be around you, because it, it takes a toll on our bodies when we don't get the proper rest. The, 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 the second practical nugget is this. Every week, every week, we need to take one day of rest. Every week. Rest your body. Recuperate. It's biblical. It's spiritual. You've got to rest your body. The third nugget is this. Every year, you need a vacation. You need a vacation. Whatever your company allows, a week, two weeks, three weeks, take your vacation and rest your body. Recuperate. Rejuvenate. If you're going to honor God, you need to rest your body. Hear me today. Resting is just as important as working. Just as important, you've got to rest if you're going to function at a high level and honor God with your body. Now, hear me today. Not only do you need physical rest, but you need spiritual rest. You need spiritual rest. When you don't rest your body, when you don't get spiritual rest, can I tell you that it impacts your physical life? Some of you know that. You, you, you don't, you're not right with God. You, you don't have a connection with God. And you are hurting physically. You're, you're, you're damaged emotionally because when you're not connected with God, when you don't have spiritual rest, it impacts your physical body. Listen to what the scripture says in Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28 through 29. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Notice this clearly. And I will give you rest. Can I tell you, there is a, a, a certain rest, this, that this rest in your soul that only can come from Jesus Christ. He says, I will give you rest. You're burdened, you're wearied, and, and there's a rest that only comes from connecting with God. Listen, you can, you can get seven to nine hours of sleep. You can eat healthy. You can exercise. You can take a day off a week. You can, you, you can take a vacation every year. But if you don't have, if you're not connected with God, if things are not right between you and God, there will be a weariness in your soul that will affect you because there is a rest. There's a certain rest in your soul that only comes from Jesus Christ. And he says, listen, listen, gang, some of you are weary. Some of you are burdened down. And what you need is to come to me and I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You will find. Friends, can I tell you, people are looking all around for rest. Some of you today, you're looking in at the bottle and 
You're looking for the pills to give you rest. You're, you're looking for drugs to give you rest. You're looking for sex to give you rest. You're looking for relationships to give you rest. You're looking for the money and the power to give you, you, give you rest. And you're looking in all the wrong places. Jesus says, Jesus says, listen, you want real rest? You want soul rest? He says, listen, you come to me. You learn from me. You seek me. You yield your life to me. Listen, if you'll come to me, he says, you the rest that you've been looking for in all the wrong places, he says, you will find rest for your souls if you come to me. There's, there's soul rest. There's rest for your soul that will impact every area of your life. Spiritual rest will impact your life physically. And some of you know what I'm talking about. You're drained today. You're weary. You're burdened. You have been looking to the pill, to the drugs, to the alcohol. You've been looking for the relationship, the job, the increase, more money, more power. You've been looking in all the wrong places thinking, I'm going to find rest when I get that in this. And can I tell you, there's a rest that only comes through Jesus Christ. Because without him, you'll feel unsettled. There'll be a lack of peace. There'll be anxiety. There'll be turmoil until you connect with your Heavenly Father. There's a God spot in you that only Jesus can fill. Would you get rest for your soul through Christ? And it will impact your life physically. Father, thanks for this message today.